Good evening. Hello, everyone. We are back from the JS Institute of Design with another special webinar in the series of Discover Design. It's really interesting today. We have a guest from Kathmandu, and he's going to talk to us about integrating bamboo and earth in design. Let me quickly give you a background to Discover Design. It's a series of webinars presented by JS Institute of Design to inform all our participants about uh, interior space design and any related subject. So far, we have held 26 webinars and we started this uh, webinars in April 2020 to continue to inform um, our participants in what design is, what happens in design, the various contextual information and viewpoints about design. Uh, today we bring to you architect Nepal Adhikari from Kathmandu. And I have some really interesting things to talk about him. But in the meantime, let me just also introduce myself. I'm Nain Xiao and I'm the Dean at GS Institute of Design. Uh, we are a startup um, which commenced in February, 2020 with a program in interior design for, uh, which is for a length of one and a half year, where for six months you will be doing internship. Whereas the one year program introduces you to project-based learning for four kinds of projects. Um, uh, more about that later, but let me introduce Nepal Adhikari. I'm sorry, the Adhikari spelling is not correct. It is A-D-H-I-K-A-R-I. So Nepal, very interestingly, is going to talk about um, working in the Himalayas. You will see today what kind of um, the context that he works in. He's got his passion for bamboo and earth. He's gonna to introduce to us a bit about ancient building crafts and how he has learned from tradition, which he is applying to today's context. Uh, I want you guys to really pay attention to some e extremely interesting work that you are going to be seeing. Um, also, in his own way, he wants to connect the craft with people, the planet and shelter. Um, so I will uh, be calling him just a minute more. So what, so Nepal has, is a graduate of City College of New York. He founded Abari, his company is called Abari in 2007. Uh, in order to reappropriate traditional materials like bamboo and earth in the contemporary architectural context. Uh, that's really a lofty idea, I must say, Nepal. And we are really keen to understand what you mean by that. So I also want to inform that when, um, while talking to him, he talks about his work and he's also cited that when the earthquake of April 2015 struck Nepal, all of its structures survived unscathed, including two buildings that were built at the epicenter. Uh, it was a tragic event. It was something which one really saw a lot of loss of life. And if such structures could uh, be 
be made aware, if people could be made aware of this, I'm very sure we'd like to know more about it. So in the last five years, he's built structures such as government schools, libraries, community centers, homes, and luxury hotels, some of which we will see today. Um, uh, welcome, Nepal. Really happy to have you here. And I would like you to please talk to our participants and show them whatever you have done. And if you'd like to talk a little bit more about your experience. So welcome. Thank you, Neem. It's very nice to be here. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, yeah, it's great to share my work with your students whom uh, we had experience working with in the last lockdown a year ago. Um, so I'll start with my... So yeah, as you said, you know, like I'm working with bamboo and earth and my passion, my inspiration lies from the architecture that, are, that is built without the architects, you know, the, tra the traditional ones that have survived for hundreds of years in different contexts, you know, in different climates and different, with different cultural value, different worldviews. And um, ever since while I was studying architecture, this is like the mainstream architecture didn't really interest me. Actually, I'm not an architect, I'm an artist. So, and I started doing sculpture, you know, like I was doing, uh, working with wood uh, a lot. And I was doing a lot with uh, printmaking. And, but there's uh, something about space that really uh, fascinated me. And, uh, and but I was looking at that and I, I couldn't find the inspiration in this traditional, uh, in this uh, so-called conventional concrete and steel structure while I was in New York, you know, even though it's considered Mecca for architects, but I was like, there's something, I mean, it's nice and all fancy, but there's no soul, you know, I couldn't really relate to those buildings, especially, you know, while coming from the mountains, you know, like I grew up looking at these houses, beautiful wooden houses, beautiful earthen houses. And I, I, I didn't have that, couldn't find that sensibility. So, and I was looking in different places and my first, you know, as a professional, my, uh, you know, that inspiration come, came from New Mexico. You know, these, they are beautiful earthen buildings, what we call like Katsumato or Katsamiti. And they, they were building like these beautiful structures, more than 500, 600 years old. And the tradition is still alive where people are like building million dollar homes with these materials. And you know, when you go enter these buildings, it has a different feeling, you know, like it smells so good, you know, there's this, this wooden beams and, uh, and the human scale, you know, like not very straight corners, some like, like marks of hands, you know, doing the plaster. It was, I was like, wow, this is something I want to do. And I learned with them, you know, I stayed there for a while and I learned how to build with earth. And then a part of me is thinking, you know, these kind of traditions we have in our countries, 
and but we somehow we we didn't investigate it enough that we have not been able to put it in the in the modern context for everyone there is a dream like you know there's you live in an earthen houses and when you make some money you move to a concrete house right that's a a benchmark right and uh, but at a cost you know at an economic cost you know you like traditionally you know like community would come together and build beautiful houses that would cost nothing and then like now if you want to build a house you need to take 30 year loan 40 year loan and i'm like and this doesn't seem right and so i was like yeah how can we put it in today's context so i was like exploring like all this and you know in in nepal is little bit different than new mexico because it's tropical there's a lot of rain there's a lot of earthquakes so i was looking at other uh tensile materials fibrous materials that would uh, go along this you know like uh, concrete is in itself is not uh, strong right it needs steel some kind of fibers to bind it so i was thinking you know like why don't we use natural fibers instead of steel mm-hmm. so i was looking at different like you know and, and i was in africa and like looking at this beautiful woven architecture and i was like wow this is like you know how these like those knots those joints like wow and um, and this uh, building in yemen which is like six seven stories you know uh, earthquake resistant and it's hot desert and you when you are in there it's so cool it feels like something different something very spiritual to it uh, so and then i came back to nepal and i'm like okay i want to explore what's here you know like nepal it's you know like we have the plains and we have the mountains within a relatively short duration so i was uh, exploring all these uh, tibetan style architecture or uh, the tarai architecture you know like really exploring them Uh, I was looking at how they're doing the joints. I was looking at how they're building, what kind of natural pigments they were using. You know, like it was a world in itself. You know, I felt as more fascinating, fascinated looking at these architecture than when I was in a, an architecture school. You know, like everything was like wow, and like some, you know, like this. If you look at this building, it was built at the epicenter. with materials just from the grounds it's everywhere is you know like from locally beautiful woven beautiful carved windows doors and this is not a house of a rich person this is a, a like you know like an average village person and like you know a house with dignity like you know like today's architecture there's a very big class hierarchy you know like because mm-hmm. housing is very expensive but if you look at traditionally like you know as i said materials are free wood is free you go to the forest you just cut wood season it uh, carve out your windows and doors and your beams and then uh, the walls are earthen or stone you know they are also free like this is from the mountains you know beautiful like bonding of 
stones. It's it's like a sculpture, mm-hmm. you know. I was like, uh, or this house, this in um, in Tarai, you know. It's, I was uh, I was building something. Next to it was this earth and bamboo house, you know, beautiful, like you had wooden frames and then they would weave bamboo and then do earth plaster and then do beautiful painting. And uh, come monsoon, there'd be like some erosion and, you know, it would need some repair, but they didn't take it as a chore. It was like a ritual. It was like every, you know, like people would... uh, uh, they would uh, come together in this festival of chat and they would uh, repaint their house in different colors, in different um, theme every year. You know, it's like a, a mural that's changing every year. Um, and I was like, it's, I was also absorbing this, you know, I was like, wow. And in this, um, or similarly, there's this uh, beautiful bridge you know, there's also uh, you find some in Northeast, but it's it's a dead tradition. It's not even a dying tradition. Like they make this 30 meter long, beautiful woven bamboo bridge to connect these places. Uh, but unfortunately, as in academic institutions, this was not taken seriously. You know, like these buildings are still considered kacha buildings, even though they have survived earthquakes. They have been there for hundreds of years, you know. They were perfectly fine for the time, you know. And so nobody was investigating these, you know. Like I was looking at another, like this bridge is from Sikkim, like amazing bridge, like like 30 meter bridge, like beautifully woven bridge, you know. And unfortunately, like, you know, this is a photo. This is a real story. Like there's in, you know, in Nepal is a lot of mountains. Now they don't have bridges. So they use this uh, steel cable, you know, and like kids are crossing the rivers through this uh, cable and so scary. You know, they have a small pulley and they just climb there. And I'm like, you know, this is, if we had continued our tradition, imagine what kind of bridges we'd be building. You know, we look at Swiss bridges because, you know, maybe they kept the tradition and like, you know, but now like we've lost that tradition and this is, we have to, uh, this make do with such risky, scary uh, enterprise. Um, So just to give you an idea, uh, on Nepal is, if you look at, this is overall map, this is from 2011, but things mm-hmm. are changing rapidly. So only 17% of the country is made with cement. Yeah. If you go, if you look down, there's only, there's some areas where less than 1% of the buildings are made with cement, you know, 0.2%, like amazing tradition. And in earthquake zone area, in a really cold area with beautiful carving. Um, like if you look at uh, areas adjoining uh, Dehradun and all, like, you know, like they have amazing like traditions with uh, earth. Uh, but we've lost that. And now in this is Kathmandu, a world heritage site. You know, this has one of the highest number of world heritage sites, you know, like about nine of them. But this is what we've done to it. There's no identity. 
You know, this could look like any other city, any other South Asian city. You know, there's no character, no identity. Like this place used to be a melting pot. People from Tibet came, like people from Bihar, like during, uh, you know, in 14th, 15th century, like there's a lot of trade, you know, when, uh, yeah, there's, it was a learning center and uh, like we've lost all that and created this ugly monolithic buildings. And been, then you imagine, like you think, you know, why build with concrete, which is so bad for your planet, it's so bad for your health as well, you know. This is, uh, you know, it can give you asthma, and, you know, because it's such a, creates a very dry condition, you know, it doesn't breathe. So there's, uh, and, uh, so people think like, oh, because it's strong. That's what we are told. But that's, and we are told that the buildings that are hundreds of years, which have survived hundreds of earthquakes are not strong. They are katsa. And it's an illusion. It's a construct. It's a, it's a fallacy. You know, last year, I mean, last earthquake, we saw big concrete buildings came down yeah. at the epicenter, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's not that all the concrete buildings came down, but many did, and no, and many earthen buildings also survived. Like this um, stone building, I documented this at the epicenter. Not a single scratch. Beautiful roof, beautiful walls. You know, like three stories. Amazing. No scratch. So, so in this regard, so I, you know, I created this organization called Abari. It's not an NGO. I wanted to do, be uh, an enterprise. You know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't want to uh, just rely on charity. You know, because I thought it has, if if there is any validity to what uh, I am proposing, my hypothesis that mm -hmm. people will adopt these earthen buildings if it's given a chance. You know, so that was my hypothesis. So I wanted to take this. I, I was. I didn't want to work as a conservationist. I'm not like saying, oh, these buildings are amazing. Let's preserve them. But I'm saying, no, let's take certain elements from this, put it in today's context, in modern context, you know, things have changed. You know, we're not living in 1950s or 1800s. Like, how can we put it in urban context, in contemporary context? And uh, when we did that, you know, like it was a great idea, but nobody kind of trusted us, you know, it's an expensive enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's two materials that I wanted to explore. One was bamboo because it's abundant. Mm -hmm. In Nepal, we have about 54 species of bamboo. Out of them, like three are very um, strong, structural. Um, they are, they're like, spring you know like if the, if this is bamboo if there's an earthquake it will sway mm -hmm. and then come back to shape like when we are in the last earthquake we literally saw like our buildings like you know it was like swaying like this but then and you would be scared but then then you would just come back to shape like you'd feel like so safe in there you know like in a spring it's earthquake resistant it's it's so much part of our cultural identity, you know, like from like when a kid is born, you put, you put them in a beautiful bamboo cradle, 
Yeah. Or uh, when someone dies, you take them in a bamboo. You know, like you make a frame and then you take them. Uh, so, and uh, so, but one problem with bamboo, you know, such an amazing material. So as asking everyone, and they said, yeah, it's very strong. It's very beautiful. You can do beautiful stuff with it. But the problem is it has, it doesn't last very long. And I'm like, okay, if it doesn't last very long, I'm, I'm sure there are ways to treat them. You know, we can use modern science if we have to. So I was like, you know, I started exploring and looking, zooming into bamboo. And so this, uh, if you look at bamboo, it's literally like uh, these nodes, uh, pipes, yeah. these vessels, so which are stuck together. You know, in, in engineering, pipes are one of the strongest, but these are like even composites of pipes. Like, you know, it's a stronger, even stronger. So, but in these vessels, uh, it's called vascular bundle. There's this sugar nodes, you know, that gives its energy. That's why it grows super fast. And so I was thinking like, maybe there are ways to like push the sugar out. And so we, and what, that was one problem. And the other problem was joinery. This is a difference. It's not like wood, which is square, right? And then you can uh, rectangular. It can. It's geometric, right? So you can uh, connect them together. So bamboo. So I had to explore many different joints. You know, we looked at different joints from traditional wooden joints to metal joints. And this we developed this uh, metal joint, which is super strong. You know, so it can accommodate different diameters of bamboo, and it can pull it together, and then you can build beautiful roofs with it, right? Uh, you can connect two, three, four bamboos together. And so that was uh, like a major innovation. And uh, the other one was the bamboo treatment. You, you know, we started like treating, like, applying pressure and treating it. Um, and it, it was magic, you know, like just two problems, like technical problems, we, we solved it. But the third problem was the biggest problem which was the problem of perception you know it's not it's not a technical problem you know, technical problems you use your brain it will work but perception takes needs a uh, it takes time right can you excuse have this? I had to drink water. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least have a break. And in the meantime, I would invite you guys to put down, start putting down your questions in the question and answer box. Okay, Nirvana, go ahead. So, yeah, so the treatment, we started looking at different ways of treating and it, it worked. So. And then like fighting public perception, it was the biggest one, right? So we did one project before the earthquake, you know, like we were like young people and like trying to do this. People were like, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. But they were like, yeah, I mean, they were like come sometime like complete rejection. Like they're like, hey, try to be modern, you know, why don't you steal, you know? Or the, then others were like, yeah, it's a great idea, but it may not work, you know, in our 
you. So we started, my first project was to build, I wanted to build a community hall, you know, because, you know, like uh, public housing, uh, houses, one, I thought like, if you give materials to people, they can build it, you know, they've shown it in the past, yeah. Mm. But if you like in public spaces, you know, like schools and community centers are more like a recent idea, right? To like, so hospitals. So we needed bigger spaces for that. So we started connecting these bamboo and build like um, halls. So we started, made this in a village, you know, just using local bamboo and like connecting them and building. In the beginning, there was an, outright rejection you know people were even hostile to us like why are you building why are you spending uh, wasting all this money and resources in building that doesn't last and then we built it and we built like beautiful structure and when they came in it was like wow it's it's great you know it's not what i had thought you know and slowly like people started um, kind of like okay interesting you know and uh, we wanted to do schools you know because you know in our regions the schools are government schools are so neglected you know like they want to make cheap as possible they use uh, cement blocks and uh, corrugated roof uh, metal truss the cheapest as possible and which doesn't even have the basic functioning you know because it's hot in summer, cold in winter. If it rains, it makes noise. So I was like, why don't we use local materials? So we used uh, like stone. If you look at the like, these are all chiseled stone, a lot of work, uh, but worth it. You know, then we had these tie bands. There we use concrete. And then we use bamboo, you know, like to hold the roof with uh, woven mats, which gives that insulation and also feels nice you know? and uh, on top of that we put uh, slates local slates you know so it everything was locally sourced you know we had big windows a lot of open spaces uh, you know we used these drain pipes to make bring out windows we added some uh, like bottles you know from the stores to recycle to let the light in we did beautiful earthen plaster this is no like just earth and some fibers and we did this plaster and we're like okay you can use local resources and you can create something inspiring you know that was the idea and uh, and we had limited budget you know we didn't even have budget to build furniture but it was like but to show that it can be done and this was in a region which had no public transportation i mean no road forget transportation so and after this was like wow it's it's a great project i feel good but i cannot sustain like this you know it's so hard you know i cannot be like uh, you know have a family and build like one school in four years, you know, that's, uh, I have to pay my bills. So I was like, you know, kind of depressed, you know, uh, after this. And then what happened was there was an earthquake and this building happened to lie right at the epicenter of the earthquake. I mean, talking about coincidence. And I was very scared, 
you know, everything had collapsed, you know, in Gorkha, this region. And three days later, I went there, not a single scratch, not even a tile had moved, nothing. And I was like, wow. You know, it was kind of like, I knew it was safe. It was great, but it was like a vindication, you know, like it was. Um, so after that, we were like, everybody started, uh, you know, we all of a sudden, we became famous, you know, all these young um, like guys doing stuff. So we started, uh, so we proposed to a government to build, you know, we had to build after the earthquake, there were like about 14,000 schools that got destroyed. And so we said, okay, here's a design. Uh, here's how you connect them. Uh, you, we are not going crazy with the design. We're taking your design and just making it more livable, more humane, more inspiring, right? So we added, so this is the, you know, like the U-shaped government building. So we separated it to make it more modular, earthquake resistant, and uh, added some play spaces in between to make it, uh, so when the kids can, you know, go out and play and added uh, nice insulation, nice roof, nice earthen paint, uh, wooden panels, you know, nice blackboard. Uh, and we, as a public service, we put all the drawings out, all the designs, all the details out uh, on our website and um, you know, and on prints, and as open source document. And it was really inspiring to see like so many downloads. You know, we had um, for this also and for transitional homes and shelters, there was thousands of downloads, and like people were like, it was. Um, so then we started uh, building, like this is our first uh, school, like the wall, the wall you see is just earth, mm -hmm. you know, not baked uh, stone. And then we have a bamboo uh, ceiling, uh, a lot with a lot of open space. Uh, you know, like we had these bands of concrete bands. It's more for the psychological uh, comfort, you know, safety, oh, it feels, you know, but we didn't really need that. Uh, and being a public school, we wanted to advertise that. And then we had this uh, beautiful bamboo roof, even the furniture is made with bamboo, you know, you can take, it's a modular, you can make a square, you can make a U, you can make a rectangle, you can just carry it because it's lightweight, you can even write on it. Um, so yeah, we built this and uh, using this technology about like 25, 30 uh, schools were built. Wow. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, like we were hoping more and more schools would be built, but uh, government subsidized the uh, steel, government subsidized uh, bricks. So, you know, and so a lot of contractors want fast, you know, like cheap commissions and all. So they were building with that. But uh, many people use this. It was it was great. But uh, you know my Nepal. Sorry. Can I ask mm -hmm. you a question here? Please, please. Um, so while this was, I mean, it's a fantastic idea to have it as an open source. Uh, I what did you do about the skills that would be required in different parts of the country to build such a structure? Because I'm assuming that perhaps. Uh, the, the, the skills 
were they met to fulfill the requirement of such buildings of the new buildings that you are proposing what did you do about that or what did the government do about that actually it's a very uh, you know like uh, we my personal uh, forte or my taste is rammed earth you know, mm -hmm. like it's a, i'll show you in the other buildings it's it's beautiful it's you know it's monolithic but it's very technical mm -hmm. um so and uh, looking at the situation i said okay you know people will not be able to build that uh, even though i have trained like uh, many people but it's not enough looking at the scale so i took i did lots of experiments you know i took then i took what people already know that's bricks you know like they know how to lay bricks so i just changed the bricks and made it with earth that was a major so you know it's easy to uh, scale and the second thing about bamboo is you know what i made is i tried to deskill it so it's you know i tried to kind of mechanize it you know so the joints are industrial you know there's metal joints and so you just not bolt it and then make a building so anyone can build it so we do a lot of modification to the design so it becomes accessible you know just like so it doesn't need like complex uh, joinery system that we use in other buildings so we wanted me boom 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 easy to do it um, so that's how we try to scale it in the in the context Yeah. Correct. So this is not just about design, but also reskilling the craftspeople and perhaps finding easier solution, technical solutions for such a such initiatives. Thank you. Go ahead. Exactly. And even the bricks, uh, you know, like just coming like uh, to this, it was the brick making was so simple. The women were making it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like you just put. Uh, earth in this hopper you know you can get brick machi machines on the market but they were too big it was very like masculine it need like two people to hang i was like no that's not what i want it has to be very simple so i we created this machine instead of making big bricks we made very simple bricks like you know and which is easy to carry easy to handle you can throw it you know like so um and you don't need to compress it as much as the other bricks so it was like you know like women were making these bricks you know it was it was uh it was like the beauty of this is all the cost that goes into building these is local cost you know the labor cost was 35% material cost 54% now that's kind of switched but whatever the cost it was a local cost we needed some foreign materials that was 11% but you know like sometimes people say oh how is your building is it very cheap or is it not and you know you know they always come about the cost and i tell them whatever cost it is it's a good cost because mm -hmm. all the most of the cost is going to people it's staying locally it's not making some industrialist rich right so uh, that's what and then we did also housing you know like uh, social like after that you know like after the earthquake we did this rammed earth you know we my, our philosophy is like 
you're not doing a charity you know if the house you built has to be so good that you would feel like you can stay there right and um, so we built this uh, model house for this single mom you know with using local earth and then we dammed it together and then we added um, terracotta tiles mud plaster you know three rooms and uh, one room she could rent out uh, for guests and uh, you know like this tourism is pretty big in Nepal. So uh, the idea was to, to make the neighbors think that, oh, tourists would come to earthen houses, you know? So let's build with earth, you know, to give that glamour. So we do that. And also part of uh, our thing is we also do a lot of, uh, uh, like this, this is a house uh, under construction. This is for Sukumbasi, which means homeless people, yeah? So, uh, so the government is trying to build. So we like saying, okay, what's your budget? Two lakh rupees. Okay, we'll build a house for two lakh rupees. Yeah. You know, this mill, small like, and it's inside. You know, like just using like stone, like you know, uh, like so, just to show. So, that, mm -hmm, sorry. Just a question here: What would be the maintenance cost in the future? How often do you have to repair or maintain it, and how long would it last so that it becomes sustainable for somebody who is wanting to choose such a construction? I mean, this would last forever. As I told you, like the bamboo is treated, fully treated. Mm -hmm. uh, fully treated bamboo, you know, like uh, in uh, there's uh, one of the biggest um, research done was in in uh, in uh, FRI Institute in Dehradun. They did a lot of work in bamboo mm -hmm. in the 50s. So they built one structure in 1954 or something, and it's still there. It's outside, a lot of rain, a lot of uh, like sunshine, no problem. Okay. 17 years, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so, but what we do is even though it's a, it's a, you know, like it's an organic material, right? It, mm -hmm. It's supposed to decay. That's the beauty of it, right? But you know, it doesn't have to decay like in two years, three years. So it should decay in like 60, 70, 80 years. Uh, so, but we want to extend the life and we have big overhangs. Like again, this is a very low cost housing. And then we do uh, stone uh, bamboo wall. We plaster with earth and then we do lime coating. So it works as preservative also. And also it, works it it's lime is a breathable material it's you know it's uh uh and it creates waterproofing membrane it's, it's a uh so yeah yeah it lasts forever you know it lasts your lifetime you know, you know. and so we also again these are housing we just give it out to people let's build 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 you know we don't have to because there's enough orders for us, you know, we, this mm -hmm. is not like, we're putting all this information out. And so, you know, as an architect, as a designer, you know, you want to do bigger stuff. So what we in our uh, practice, what we try to do is we say we'll do monumental buildings that, you know, we want to, our job is to inspire people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have 
a collective solution. We don't have an individual solution. You know, every day I get phone calls saying, hey, can you build me something? Can you build something? And I'm like, yeah, I cannot. You know, we don't have that many people, but we want to build something that's monumental, that inspires, you know, as in the beginning, as I said, perception is our biggest challenge, right? Um, so after the earthquake, as I told you before, there's no one was interested in uh, building with earth before the earthquake. And after the earthquake, we got an opportunity to build a public library right in the center of Kathmandu in Patan, uh, you know, in the World Heritage Site, you know, like this huge gallery. So we built this monumental like bamboo structure, you know, like to show the beauty of it. We showed all the joints, we showed all, you know, we showed the roof and we built it such a way that roof is independent of the walls. Right. So if there's an earthquake in the worst, even if the wall falls, the roof is still there and it's lightweight, it's ductile. And we use the earthen plaster. You know, we did use metal in for joints, for frames, but we use earthen plaster. It's, you know, it's a double height. Uh, this is what it looks from outside, like tapered wall, uh, glass windows, you know, combining traditions with modernity, you know, like uh, thick earthen walls. We put a concrete band for uh, earthquake safety. So it's finding what's the best, you know, like being very judicial in, in terms of material, like, okay, we need light. So I don't mind putting glass window, but I don't need uh, to put cement in my walls because earth does a better job. So I'll do with earth, you know, and I know like bamboo is strong. It, so I'll use bamboo for the roof, but I know I need, uh, uh, I don't want moisture. So I'll use cement as a moisture barrier, you know? So we are not like fanatics, like, oh, mm. earth, earth. Like mm. we like saying like what we, uh, what's the best use? You know, I like concrete. Concrete is best for foundations. I think it's a great material. Put it in the foundation, you know, uh, or for reinforcement, but rest, you know, walls, you can do earth. Ceilings, you can do earth. You know, here's some of the joints. And this is like, a, you know, like the truss. It looks like a spider web. Yeah. Mm. That's how it's built. It's built like a web, you know, like uh, it's a, just one module that keeps repeating, repeating, repeating. Mm -hmm. This is from the outside. And uh, yeah, after this, you know, people start with believing in us. So we started doing multi-story. So this is a two-story. Uh, this is this is the rammed earth technique I was talking about. This, these are not bricks. Mm. So these are made like how they do it in concrete, the shear wall. You, you put foam work, you put earth, and then you ram it. You ram, 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 and then keep ramming it, ramming it, ramming it. And then you can, you can be very... Uh, playful with the colors, you know, all these reds and going to yellows and, you know, like it's, it's while you're ramming, you do that thing. Uh, you reinforce it, you know, like, so it's, it looks good, you know, it's, it's mm. organic, it's even edible, <laughs> mm. you know, it's like you have these bands and uh, so this is a school uh, we just finished and we tried, we have a lot of open space and with the earth gives that robustness and the bamboo gives that openness. 
So it's a great material, you know, so a great combination. So we created this public uh, school, again, uh, closed space with uh, next to open space, you know, kids can go and be in a warm, safe environment. And if they want, they can go out and also study, you know, there's under trees and yeah. So these are like, uh, we, we're collecting water. Instead of flowers, we're planting lettuces and uh, uh, tomatoes, you know, so yeah. they can uh, uh, use that in their canteen. So people are aware of where it's coming from. Uh, this is uh, the classroom, you know, big windows. Like you see these reds and yellows, it's not paint. It's the earth itself, it is round, you know. So, um... Uh, Nepal, I have to ask you to please, there are a lot of questions ready for you. So would you take us through whatever is the remaining bit quickly okay. so that they can have a chance to talk to you? Okay. So yeah, so these are like um, different views. And this is, uh, it's an earthen house, a modern house built with earth, built at the epicenter, you know, wow. using all this modern elements, traditional elements, you know, merging up together. Uh, these are like rooms, you know, it's a pretty modern rooms. It smells really good when you're in there. Nice wooden floor. Um, the kitchen, this is, uh, this kitchen has traditional stove, also earthen stove. It has a modern baking also, you know, like, so our idea is, Using being natural doesn't mean like go live in the forest or, you know, like going backwards. Correct. You can do it in um, like, like um, we live, I live in Kathmandu, right in the center of Kathmandu and we have a, a small house made with earth, you know, so it's also possible in urban contexts. You know? I just want to ask <laughs> you a question over here. Um, you see, I just wondered how much would it cost anybody who wants to uh, build something for themselves, uh, let's say a, a small house of 1500 square feet, perhaps having two bedroom? What do you think? And would it survive in any weather if it's really hot or perhaps um, dry? Would, it, would such a, a material survive? Yeah. I mean, there are earthen buildings in, we've built in um, Chitwan, which is hot, tropical, you know, there's just one and a half meters of rain every year, no mm -hmm. problem. Um, or in, in the Himalayas, you know, it, yeah. it does work. And the cost, you know, it all, again, as I said, it varies. It's also the cost is about the economy of scale. You know, if more and more people do it, the mm -hmm. cost will come down. Right? because the materials are like natural materials it's available but now the cost is competitive with steel because there's limited people doing it you know it's like more artisanal mm. yeah so in terms of cost like uh, let's say 1500 square feet would cost about um, what, 35 lakhs rupees you know 40 lakhs in yeah, something in the wow. world, yeah. Okay, I think that gives us all many hopes to consider something in future. So yeah, go ahead, sorry. So no, we also doing like, you know, after the earthquake, there's the, one of the biggest costs they bring about the cost was transportation costs. Ah. So we like, you know, we like, yeah, 
Why don't we just make a small a pulley <laughs> to transport? You know, we live in the mountains. Ah. You know, like this is how we are being. Oh. And uh, like, uh, again, yeah, we think like this community halls. As I said, we, we just want it to be out in public so more people use it. And so uh, just to end, uh, you know, like for me, like sustainability is like getting a full cycle. You know? mm -hmm. So you know where your material is coming from. I can tell like my beams coming from this farm. You know, that that the intimacy, you know, it's not, not it feels good. You know, I know like where it's coming from. I had, there's a story. Many times we are just living in houses that are given to us. We buy it. There's no story behind it. But there's a, like these uh, houses are like have stories, you know, like the bamboo, you know where the materials coming from, from rich forest, from which farmer, you know, it's kind of like farm to table concept, but for, in, for housing. So we did this experiment, you know, like, so we need a lot of bamboo, you know, we need good quality bamboo. A, a good bam, a bamboo architecture is good only if uh, you have like good bamboo, you know, good source of bamboo. So we are working with communities to plant bamboo. And the beauty of bamboo is it's very fast growing. It's regenerative, you know, it can grow in sandy soil, in any soil. Mm -hmm. So there's this example, like, you know, we had this land in 2010, 2011, there's a big flood. You can see all these white sand deposits. Mm. And then we started planting bamboo. Three years later, it's like this. Yeah. And seven years later, it's become a bamboo forest, you know. So we don't have to plant. So along the river, we're doing this whole campaign of planting bamboo, regenerating, creating livelihood. So that's to show that you can create an economy which is not extractive like the modern economy, which is just mm. taking, 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 taking from Mother Earth. But this can be regenerative, you know, like you take, you give, you take, you give, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we work with farmers, we give seedlings to them, they plant it on riverbanks, we buy it back from them. So it's an economy where everyone wins, right? It's, uh, so to end, you know, we have, uh, I felt like, okay, the bamboo you can eat, you can make fibers with bamboo, you can build a house with bamboo. Now I need like a transportation and my life is set, you know. <laughs> so we created this uh, bamboo bicycle, you know, in our mountains, we need like yeah. big, big fat tires, you know, so, so this. Uh, <laughs> so this is a self I assume. And you can yeah. more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is also as electric, so you can go, you know, like oh. go in the mountain. <laughs> Lovely. So yeah, that's our hobby, like this is um so just to end like our money is i mean it has all benefits you know it's not just us who is doing this but if you naturally work with bamboo you create this amazing impact not just for yourself but to people and planet and you know our modern industry is so extractive all it gives out is fumes and mm -hmm. our bamboo industry you can take the fumes and give out nice oxygen to people um so yeah so i think uh, if if I haven't bored people to this is really so inspiring we keep on I mean as educators we keep on talking to our students about when you introduce sustainability I think the your work is really exemplary for and of course some of our other designers as well who have worked with a particular material 
uh, with an ideology. And I see that that being applied in many walks of your life, in many walks of what the projects that you're working on. Uh, I have many interesting questions for you. So if you'd like to just take a sip of water before you start answering them, and I'm going to read it out to you. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Rashmi has a question. How is bamboo treated before using it? Uh, which three types are used in the structure? Does bamboo structure need any maintenance afterwards? Which I think has been sort of answered. Uh, but would you like to take this, Nepal? Um, so we use um, boron salt as a preservative. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, as I showed in the slide, bamboo has a lot of sugar. So we take, and sugar is uh, plants like sugar, like humans, you know? I mean, insects like sugar. So they mm -hmm. come and eat that sweetness. So we get rid of that sweetness and then you replace it with salt, basically. Uh, salt that is not, uh, that doesn't leach. And it's uh, like boron is one of the safest compound. It's actually, it's found in riverbeds, you know, very safe. It's also a fire retardant. Um, so we use that. And once you, you use that, you don't need to maintain it uh, forever. I didn't understand what three types do you mean? So I don't know, at some point you might have mentioned that you mainly use three types of bamboo for the structure. So I don't know if you have anything. Oh, okay. kind. Oh, so we use bambusa balkua, we use bambusa nutan, we using, now we are also using bambusa bambus, even bambusa like guadua, yeah. So you, you had to literally educate yourself uh, or undertake a research, thorough research before you even started uh, moving into this direction. Was it before your education or, I mean, while you were being educated or was it after your education? It was after my education, you know, like, because I wanted to, in the education, no, yeah, of course, you know, like no one teaches uh, Especially at that time, no teaching about bamboo, you know. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was, it was my own self uh, initiation. Okay. Okay. So, one more question. Uh, Gunika has a question What are some of the bamboos uses in furniture design and interiors? How can bamboo be used to beautify any of this? How can it be incorporated in the design part? Okay. So see, bamboo is one of the most versatile materials. You can literally rip it, make mm. beautiful strips. It's pliable, it's, you can bend it, you can twist it. It's, it's like, you know, like bamboo, many people compare it to steel. They say it's as uh, good as steel or as strong as steel. But I think that's a wrong comparison. Bamboo is better than steel, you know, steel is heavy. You know, you cannot bend, you cannot like, um, so, but it's like carbon fiber, which they use in aircrafts. Uh, you would compare bamboo with that. It's strong, it's flexible, it's pliable, it's, and uh, so it's up to your designer to use that uh, part to, you know, like uh, design any furniture and it's an amazing material. It's a lightweight, it looks good. It's. Amazing, I can go on forever, you know, it's an, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I'm sure uh, if you are more, if you need more answers or deeper answers, uh, perhaps you can uh, write to us and we will forward that question later on to Nepal. Pavan Rana has a question on how have we assessed the performance of such bamboo joints? What about the performance of such buildings during fire? Okay. So yeah, we did. Uh, we did a. Uh, a test of those joints in in a, in an engineering school. Uh, we were surprised, like you know, when you were pulling. We did a pull out test because that's kind of load that you need. You know, like when you pull it out, because when you push it, bamboo takes the load. And like, but when you're pulling it, that's when many times it's, it gets weak. And we pull it out. And one joint could take up to 3.5 tons. And many times it was so interesting to see the steel joint failed before bamboo, you know, like so strong. Um, so yeah, so that to answer that, we've done that uh, test. And secondly, in terms of fire, uh, boron compound is a fire resistant material. And they've used the same uh, material, the same treatment in Hawaii, state of Hawaii. In, and they did, in the University of Hawaii, they did um, uh, the fire retardant test. Uh, it passes the American building code. It's, pass, it's as good as drywall, uh, the fire retardant properties. So yeah, it is. it makes it fire retardant. Thank you. Uh, so a, a question from Sampriya. What is the cost comparison of a concrete structure uh, versus a bamboo structure for a similar size urban context space? Uh, what is the maximum height a structure can be reached when constructed by bamboo? Uh, so, the cost is, as I said before, it is the econ it depends on the economy of scale. In urban areas now, it's difficult to get earth. You don't find earth. You don't find bamboo. You know, steel is the most cheapest now because you just call, they just bring it to your house. You know, there's so many people who know how to build with steel. You know, and that's because of economy of scale. You know, traditionally, steel was very expensive because very few people made it. Now, earth and bamboo is relatively expensive because very few people are doing it, very few skilled people, right? So, but the whole equation would change, more and more people would do it, right? If there's like, you know, if you go out and like, if you can call someone and say, hey, can you deliver bamboo to my house? It comes, it will be cheaper. Um, if you can find labor, it will be cheaper. So, so the cost is very, fluid depending on where you are right i don't know which urban context you are talking about like but in nepal uh, it's getting more cheaper but the thing is steel and concrete is so subsidized that it's steel is the cheapest one for mm. now bamboo is it's about the same mm. you know a little bit more yeah i hope that answers your question sampriya so mohammed Kasim, uh, oh, no. sorry. sorry, you want to continue? 
She also asked about the maximum height. Right. Uh, right. We've built up to three stories, uh, but now we're like we're building a, a monastery, which is about sixteen meters in height. Wow. So that's almost six stories. Yeah. Wow. So it's going to be very grand, and it's going to reach the grandeur of all these buildings that we have seen with stones and concrete, um, but sustainable. So uh, there, uh, I just want to go through some more questions, okay? Because we are running out of time. Mohammed Kasim is asking about, uh, you talked about separating the design of schools, uh, school and building them separately. Can you assess the impact of design or joint design on earthquakes, how can we reduce the impact of earthquake in such buildings? Mm, so I'm it's not to, a school I'm design trying. where you know you separated the buildings, and that perhaps is one of the. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because you know, in earthquake, the safest building is a round building, you know, because there's no corners. When there's an earthquake, there's a pressure and the corners bend so mm. the rounds are the safest mm. and second safe is a square mm. and then a rectangle up to a certain ratio mm. uh, so what we do is if you want to meet those complex structures we build separate structures they are separate structurally but uh, they are connected architecturally so, um, so this way it makes uh, building earthquake resistant. Right, that, that whole bit is a whole study by itself, I'm sure. Um, exactly. But, so another question from Har, Hari Priya, what kind of interiors can be done with this bamboo structures? And can bamboo be paired up with other sustainable building materials and modern technologies? Um, yes, a bamboo can be used with any other material. Uh, I've used bamboo with steel, I've used bamboo with glass, I've used it with earth, I've used it with stone. So anything's possible, you know. And uh, what kind of interiors can be done for these bamboos? Amazing. It's uh, your, your, it's, it depends. It's uh, your imagination is the limit. You know, it's, you can do anything. So that's a challenge for the designers to take on. And if you guys are really interested, I am really looking forward to you guys getting initiated with your own ideas. Okay, another question. Uh, this is from Preksha. Can bamboo be the future of regenerative design? How can we maintain bamboo products? How can we maintain bamboo products? Okay. Yes, Nepal. Yeah, of course, that's uh, how I see it. Bamboo is the future. It's really interesting uh -huh. because in the last World Expo, all the big industrial countries were building with bamboo. You know, like Germany built a pavilion with bamboo. India built with bamboo. China, Vietnam, Italy, Spain. And it was in the same expo about 100 years ago, they were building their pavilions with steel. Okay. You know? So every so they are understanding that bamboo is the future, and you know like we our region like 
we are sitting in bamboo mine you know like there's so much bamboo right and i think as a see there's a uh, bamboo is not investigated as much as it should have been so there's no answer like you know like uh, like people ask me how do you join bamboo and i say it depends on where you are so and and it depends like you know steel you can only join one or two ways two ways you know either you mm. weld it or you put nuts and bolts you know that's mm. but bamboo it's it's an amazing material you can tie it you can you know like the exploration is not been there it's not done so you need it's up to us as designers to go and explore and create beautiful buildings i think if we create beauty beautiful buildings then we inspire many people to build with it right as i told you remember like perception is our limitation if we can change that not there's sky's the limit okay and there's a final question on here yeah, shreya is very concerned about the sourcing and transportation for bamboo construction you did mention a bit about it but would you want to have your point of view as to how can uh, bamboo be sourced and transported Uh, so that it reaches out to more corners of the country or in our case at least because india is so vast how what would you suggest the bamboo is it's a grass it's the same family as rice yeah mm-hmm. so wherever rice grown bamboo is grown like you know which is most likely like most of india except for ladakh and you know um and uh, so yeah so if we we need to plant and there's already it's not a new species too you know like i'm always 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 scared of introducing new species but like bamboo is is part of our culture it's mm-hmm. we have been using it for thousands of years so we just like for uh you know for maybe last 50 60 years we gave it a bad name but we have the tools to you know to celebrate this material again so about the sourcing yeah like you know if you do you, you want to do your cost calculation or also your uh, carbon calculation but i am assuming in most part of india there's bamboo so you can always transport that and the cost should be much lower than the cost of steel or concrete and also the problem is uh, this co- steel and concrete it does not grow back right bamboo grows back so if you so it's more you use the better um so i think that shouldn't be a problem but i think if more people use it more uh, there's more designs more people will start planting bamboo you know and it's our carbon emission will be low and bamboo is such an amazing material it's got thousands of uses grows super fast it's uh uh it's strong it's uh, so we should be promoting it i think you know it can do whatever steel can do you know it's been it's been really been inspiring to see your belief in the material that you've been working with and i'm sure this is going to be motivating for a lot of participants today and of course in future as well thank you very much ripal for 
so generously sharing with us all your experience. We would really love to be in touch with you as well to see, figure out what more you'll be doing. What uh, And once the monastery is ready, please put it up on your website and do inform us. We'd love to see you. And if you are actually recording and documenting it, that would even be better. Um, meantime, let me thank all our participants for being part of this. I hope you really got something useful today. It's not just Nepal's uh, a passion. Uh, you, you, of course, can feel that. But also, there's so much of useful information for you guys to uh, encourage you to take the step forward, do that, figure out, and, and launch yourself into uh, this, this space, this eco space, as I call it. So thank you very much. I do want to remind you, GS Institute brings to you this webinar only because our, our experts are so willingly coming forward. You do want to, um, they are ready to share and we will be bringing more such speakers for you in future every second Thursday. Uh, do go on to our website. If you need any more information, do contact us. In the meantime, Please be safe. The situation is really, really grim outside with COVID, you know, rampaging across the world, but it's really been bad in Delhi and many cities. I just won't say it's Delhi. Be safe, take care, and we'll see you again. Thank you, Nipal, so much. Thank you, Neem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.